I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the impeachment, new hoax, same swamp, the Democrats impeached American voters, a monopoly on relentlessness, and the gift of America. And then, of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again. Welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. We all know that at the end of the day yesterday, the U.S. House voted to impeach President Trump, two articles of impeachment. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today in this first five, about kind of fallout from just that. And I'm going to turn uh, in the next segment and talk more about what that impeachment means long term for America. But to start with, I want to ask the very wonderful producer, Matt, if he could show you. This is a tweet that was put out by the Ob an Obama administration official back in 2016 during the time that President Trump was then running for president. So this is a tweet by David Plouffe, which obviously says, it is not enough to simply beat Trump. He must be destroyed thoroughly. His kind must not rise again. That was a tweet from June of 2016 by an Obama administration and Obama supporter, an Obama administration employee. So. That is the mindset I want to plant in your understanding of where we are in impeachment today. What he wrote there was not just some hothead off the cuff remark. This is precisely how the anti-American left, the left in this country actually thinks about President Trump or then candidate Trump and how they think of him today and his supporters. The idea that a man came along, was not part of the political establishment, could not point to a long resume full of uh, positions he had held in various administrations and in the State Department and been elected to office. This was a total outsider. And the reason it bothered them, among many other things, was that what President Trump ran on, what he talked about in his rallies, was such a radical return to America, return of America to its roots. And it not just frightened, but it angered the anti-American left and many people in Washington who've been establishment ruling class elite types for a long time to hear someone talk about what President Trump planned to do, how he was going to reassert America. And part of it was a broad message non i mean specific to many policies we've talked about many times but a bigger broader message that america is worth preserving identifying strengthening and honoring leftist world the leftist world in this country from academia to left-wing politicians 
there has been a gradual chipping away at, a, a diminishing, there had been for decades, and so is ongoing today, to what the idea of America is, to why America matters, to how unique America is. And the left had been largely successful in planting that seed, planting that thought in the minds of many Americans, especially younger Americans going through the school system now, going through college now, where they really ended up not ever, ever starting out with an appreciation of America's unique and extraordinary greatness. So what you're hearing out of Washington, this just jubilant reaction, um, we're going to play a clip next about what happened in the House yesterday, but this is an affirmation. This impeachment is an affirmation of what the left was trying to say just in that one little tweet and in countless other venues, opportunities, and speeches. How dare, how dare some outsider show up in Washington and think he can restore America and think that he can have a role, have a play, have a place in defining America's place in history and America's place going forward. So what you saw in this impeachment was exactly that. I do want to play, we have a couple of quick clips, clips I want to play for you. Uh, one is uh, during the impeachment vote, I hate to play all of this, but it's a little clip of Nancy Pelosi. And the reason I want to play it is to show you that she had in complete street theater announced which, when I say street theater, I mean she's performing. She, it's not genuine, it's not real. She wore black to symbolize, said she, how somber the day was. But this is her counting votes in the uh, impeachment vote yesterday. And I want you to watch what she, what she had to do. She had told the Democrats to chill, to do not act excited. This is very solemn. We're very serious here. Watch what she had to do. This is Nancy Pelosi on the impeachment vote yesterday. On this vote, the yeas are 230, the nays are 197, present is one, article one is adopted. See, the, the, question, <laughs> okay. the question is on adoption of article two. Okay, I want to interrupt and say, she had to signal her her team, the Democrats, because they wanted to just erupt in clapping. There are some other clips I could play. One was Rashida Tlaib could not contain her just jubilant excitement at what they had managed to do, that they had managed to uh, get this first article of impeachment passed. I'm going to skip the rest of that clip and just I want to turn to now what President Trump did. He had a rally yesterday in Michigan and, um, and it was just a, this is on the day he is being impeached in the U.S. House. This is President Trump speaking at a, uh, a, another huge rally in Battle Creek, Michigan. So I want to play a short clip of President Trump. By the way, by the way, by the way, it doesn't really feel like we're being impeached. Do you? <laughs> the country is doing better than ever before. We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And we have tremendous support in the Republican Party like we've never had before. Nobody's ever had this kind of support. Unless you think, by the way, back to the Plouffe guy who had that tweet I played at the, I showed you at the beginning of the show. He, I, you know, I didn't have his title right in front of me. He was actually campaign manager and White House senior advisor for Barack Obama. His mindset in sending that out, I want, I'm underscoring when he's saying this guy 
cannot win and his kind must never be allowed to run again. This is how the Barack Obama radical left thinks. And contrasting it with, I just got to tell you, President Trump, he just was on fire on his usual kind of rally mode and the people were thrilled. And, you know, this is a guy who's basically being told by the House of Representatives, we're trying to remove you from office. And I just, I mean, it's one of the many reasons people love him. They just say, you know, this is a guy who is going to stand up and not back down. I mean, he's he said very clearly many, many times, there was nothing wrong with my phone call. He said it last night. He's reminded America many, many times that what he's being impeached for, accused of doing, which he didn't do, is what Joe Biden did. And that doesn't seem to matter. But he's just right in his game, right in his mode. And to close out the first five, to two other quick facts that are just kind of fun to think about before we turn to a very serious next segment. One point is that during the time of this impeachment, ongoing, the you know, House holding their hearings uh, in two different separate committees, first the Intelligence Committee and then the Judiciary Committee. During that time, Republicans have added 600,000 new donors. And political parties watch this because obviously they reach out to the same people who donate to political parties all the time. Republicans added 600,000 new donors and raised $10 million just during the impeachment hearing. Folks, this impeachment is not playing in Peoria. It is not playing well. The American people don't like it. The Democrats are fully aware the American people don't like it. And to them, it's still worth it. And we're going to talk in the next segment about why they think it's so worth it, why they are so driven, and why we must not we drop our guard. We must not assume don't worry, everything's okay, because even though he got impeached, the Senate won't remove him. We must be on guard. But let me close out the first five by saying there was a great list somebody came up with of the, um, it's something like in the range of 110 different statements by Democrats in this country since the time President um, Trump, well, while he was still running for office, after he won, since he's been serving, is 100 different statements made by different Democrats about why President Trump should be impeached. And I read, and you can read these if you like. Go to my website, americakimmytalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down, list of links. You can read these. I mention them just to say, again, do not be duped into thinking that President Trump was impeached because he did anything wrong in his phone call with Zelensky. He was impeached because the Democrats were going to hold on. They were determined to find some basis to say he deserved to be impeached, to find some basis to move the vote forward and assume the American people either wouldn't follow closely, wouldn't understand. And, and I'm telling you folks on the Democrat side of things, they assume and they may be accurate that there are millions of voters who pay so little attention to politics, to Washington, to the Judiciary Committee, to the Intelligence Committee, to the impeachment hearing, pay so little attention that they'll just assume, well, he wouldn't have gotten impeached if he hadn't done something wrong. Democrats are counting, as they do in many, many aspects of their political life, counting on the ignorance of the American people. But back to this list, I want you to take a look at it to see the many examples High, highly placed, prominent Democrats who have spewed out Trump should be impeached over and then 
fill in the blank, a range of completely idiotic things. And to close out again, really close out this first five, understand that the point of all this is to, the point of what I'm telling you and of listing all of those, is that this impeachment has been a decision that was made by the, the higher-ups in the Democrat Party, by the leaders of the Democrat Party, long before President Trump was even sworn in, long before he had any interaction with Ukraine, the Democrats have been looking for a reason to impeach him. They just happened to stumble on this one. And that, my friends, is today's first five. The one other thing I sent to uh, Matt, the very wonderful producer, um, has to do with really what the Democrats are all about in this impeachment. And there was a meme, you know, a picture with words on it, a meme that President Trump has been using since this vote and even, even before the vote happened. And I want to put it up and let you take a look at it. And then I really want to talk about why I think it's such a profound and important thing President Trump is trying to say. So here is this meme. He's saying, in reality, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. I'm telling you folks, no truer words were ever spoken. President Trump is brilliant to be putting that meme out to make people start talking about what exactly is the reason this impeachment is occurring. And back to what I was saying in the first five about what President Trump ran on, what he said he would do, what he is doing. He is in ways it, our American history has not happened before, upsetting the encrusted, entrenched, ruling elite in Washington in countless ways, in avenue of issues of all kinds, and in the way government functions, in the way decision making is, occurs, who makes decisions, in the way the systems work in Washington, in so many conceivable ways, President Trump is, to use his term, draining the swamp. This is making the Democrats livid. They can't believe someone has the nerve to stand up and follow through on the things he promised to the voters. When President Trump ran and said, for example, America first, America is going to be back, America, a strong America, a freedom-based America, an America that actually has borders, America that enforces its borders, America that looks after the needs of its own workers. And so when we make trade deals and other kinds of negotiations, we keep in mind the need of the American workers to have jobs. What President Trump ran on was truly cutting to the to the uh you know the deepest heart of the entrenched ruling elites concept of how america runs especially on the american left on the, their side of the aisle and their notion is we've done things a certain way for a long time we've grown government we've grown the welfare state we intend to grow the welfare state even bigger repeatedly we don't want a secure border because we're trying to flood America with non-Americans who will eventually make into citizens and Democrat voters. We Americans take a, a you know, back seat in our negotiations in the United Nations, with other countries, in our trade deals. We diminish the value and the uniqueness and the importance of America. This is what the left has done for decades. What President Trump ran on rattled 
them to the core. This is why David Plouffe said this back in 2016. We can't have a guy like this running. We can't have him win. We can't have anyone of his kind in Washington in the White House. So when President Trump won, what he, he won because his message of reasserting the unique, extraordinary identity of America resonated with the American people. It resonated with voters, especially in the heartland of America. It resonated with voters of all ages, voters of various backgrounds, ethnicities, races, national origin, all of that. It resonated with people who had any concept that America is unique and extraordinary idea. President Trump ran on the idea of restoring America. The anti-American left, which is not every Democrat, but it is the mindset that controls the Democrat Party, the anti-American leftism that controls the Democrat Party, finds everything that President Trump ran on utterly repulsive. They cannot believe that America, the strong, America, the symbol of freedom to the world, America, the notion that you, that you can have a country based on the idea of we, the people holding the power, based on the idea that we're going to have free markets and that a free people can work and strive and dream and provide for themselves. A country where the government's main mission is not to control, feed, house, and clothe every single citizen. Leftists thrive on power. They are driven to have power. They are driven to find ways and arguments where the end of the day they will control more and more and more of your life. They are driven to raise taxes because they do think it is their job to control who has money, who has how much money, who should have other people's money. The mindset of the left is very, very entitled. They're entitled to think we're entitled to rule. And these foolish Americans who think that you know, the founding ideas of America matter anymore, they are fools, they're crazy, they're wrong, and they are to be squashed. Leftism is, in this country is astonishingly relentless. They take every single issue, whatever the anti-American left-wing view is, and they push it, and they push it, and they push it. The idea that President Trump won that election has, is not just because they wanted Hillary to win. They did want Hillary to win. But they can't stand that the person who won was not a go-along-to-get-along Republican who they could just pummel and attack, but a guy who would stand. A guy who would not buckle every time the left resorts to one of their many, many tactics in attacking people who won't agree with them, calling him a racist, calling him xenophobic, calling him homophobic, calling him a hater. All the name-calling tactic they're used to using doesn't work with him. They are livid that they could not find a way to shut down his pro-America agenda. Livid. So I want to, um, you know, this uh, idea of what is, is happening with the, um, this impeachment, that's why I think Trump is so brilliant to say, you know, what the Democrats really attacked, who they really impeached, were him, was him, of course, but it's really the voters. It's the message of the anti-American leftist Democrat party of today to the voters, don't you dare think you're in charge. Don't you dare think you can pick a leader, America, that isn't going to kowtow to the left-wing view of the world. That is what 
the left-wing leaders of the Democrat Party think. It is the message they are sending to America. It was David Plouffe's message in that tweet. It is a message that leftists in this country have, have just poured forth in tweets and speeches and floor speeches and everywhere they are, online, everywhere they are, the idea underlying all their arguments is it's an attack on the American people. You're not allowed to choose America first. You're not allowed to try to be part of the mission to reassert America's greatness and extraordinary goodness. You're not allowed. You got to stay America, the left wing leaders think. You got to stay with the plan that the left has, which is we're going to drive America down the path of socialism, down the path of a more powerful, all-controlling federal government. We're going to take away your health care freedom. We're going to control your health care decisions. You're not going to be in charge of your own health and your own life. We're going to control the education system, and you're going to learn what we think you have to learn. These people are driven to have power. It is the, it's the core mission of a leftist is to have control over the people. This is what led to the impeachment. But I want to touch on something else about the impeachment. A lot of people have been saying, you know, okay, so we, you know, the House is a Democrat majority. Of course, they went ahead and voted for impeachment. But so what? Because we still have the Senate. I want to raise a couple of things that uh, I, I want to say. We cannot be complacent. We have to be very alert and recognize, unlike the conservative side, which pretty much we just say what we think, we stand up for what we think, we try to push what we think in the public square, in the American political conversation, in legislation, in elections. We, we say what we mean, and we mean what we say, and we stand up for ideas. The left, leftist mindset, because it is so driven to obtain power and expand power, they're always thinking 10 steps ahead. We make a big mistake on our side if we think the left is actually on his face, just meaning, well, we just want to try the impeachment, see how it went. If it didn't go well, okay, you know, so the Senate is going to, uh, you know, refuse to remove the president. The Senate's going to vote no on the impeachment, and so, you know, we're done. That is not how leftists think. There's a strategy. We began to see part of the strategy yesterday. After the impeachment vote, Speaker Pelosi announced that she was not actually going to send the two articles of impeachment, which are a complete sham, but she said she was not going to send them over to the Senate yet. She was waiting for, as she termed, as the term the left always uses, until she thought those articles of impeachment could get a fairer vote in the Senate. She wanted a fairer process in the Senate. So she's saying, look, we did all we could, but, you know, we're waiting over here, and the Senate, you know, they're not agreeing to do what Schumer wants, and it's not going to be fair, so we're not going to send the articles over. And you could have the reaction and say, okay, great, you know what? You impeach the president. If you're not going to remove him, who cares? It was just a sham vote. It was just a, you know, show vote. If you're not going to do anything about it. But never, ever, ever underestimate the relentless and tenacity of the American left. What I think is happening is that on the left, you know, during the Mueller hearing, Mueller investigation, many, many people were, uh, they took depositions, they gathered documents, they gathered, you know, troves of data, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours of depositions, millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of documents. And those documents and testimony did not all make it into the Mueller report. 
Some of it was prepared and, and presented in various, as, as Robert Mueller went along in his Trump-Russia collusion thing, the documents and the testimony were presented um, in various proceedings that the House does not yet have a hold of. The House has not been able to see a huge chunk of information that Mueller collected, Bob Mueller collected during the Trump-Russia collusion investigation. And part of the reason that 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 information is not public is that the president has asserted executive privilege over some things, executive privilege over, you know, his own lawyers, which, I mean, folks, if there can't be executive privilege over the president's lawyer, then there is no executive privilege. I mean, it's absurd. But right now we have the Democrats in federal court demanding the release, demanding a federal court order the release of a, an enormous swath of documents, an enormous swath of testimony and the ordering of testimony because they think what they're going to find is something else to use to go after President Trump. If the impeachment articles don't go to the Senate and they're just sitting there in the House and they get some ruling by a federal court judge that will give them, for example, access to President Trump's financial records. There are actually three cases, three cases pending now. They've been, um, they've been joined. They're pending in the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court is going to make a ruling. They're going to hear the case in March and rule probably in May or June on the question of whether in these three different cases the American left is entitled to get access to President Trump's financial records. That's one piece of information they want. They additionally want information that was presented at grand juries, presented during the Mueller investigation to the grand juries. And they think they may get rulings from the from either the district court of dc or the dc circuit court of appeals rulings that order the doj to release all these these documents that the democrats in the u.s house want to have they think if they can get that they can scour over they can find new things to impeach president trump over they can reopen the impeachment hearing they can add articles of impeachment they can issue new articles of impeachment Understand me and please believe me when I tell you the Democrats are going to keep going after President Trump the whole time he's president for the whole next five years. I do think barring election fraud and barring him being removed, he will win again in 2020. But understand the left is not seeking truth. They're not seeking fairness in terms of what the Constitution requires, what the impeachment standard is, they are in the relentless mindset that just absorbs and controls leftists. They're seeking some way to remove President Trump because he's a roadblock to their massive government control, socialist mindset, expansive government mission that they've had for decades. Only now it's really coming to a head. The leftist mission to grow government to the point that we no longer have the basic freedoms in American society, it's coming to a head. They had President Obama in there for eight years who weaponized most of the aspects of the federal government, federal agencies. He grotesquely and greatly expanded the power of federal agencies to interfere with, to spy on, to control the American people. They were on their mission 
of this government-controlled society, Hillary was going to perpetuate that mission. And this is why, back to my point about this segment today, this is why President Trump's meme of saying they came after him, but the real target is you. They, the American left, cannot stand the idea that all of these fabulous, important, foundational ideas of America are being reasserted and that the American people like those ideas. The American people are eating them up. They want these ideas. But understand what I was saying a moment ago about being complacent. It's a little too easy to think, well, we're all done because after all, you know, the uh, Senate is controlled by the Republicans. They won't impeach. There is no end to the, de the, the determination of the American left to bring down this president. No end. And for those of you thinking, well, maybe to buy peace, fine, let's let them remove Trump. We can still stand up for all these policies we believe in. We can still stand up for secure borders and citizenship that means something and restoring America's place in the, in the world economy and reliance on free markets and expanding the job market and growing the, uh, our growth rate, growing our economy. We can just have somebody else do it. And that is, could not be more wrong. The left is against President Trump, not because of his tweets and not even because of his personality. They're against what he stands for. And when they, if they could take him down, they're gonna see that victory. They're gonna, they're gonna move forward from that victory with the idea they won, the American people lost, and we've been told again, you may not have the freedom you thought you had. You may not have this America first mentality. Forget it. My point is, friends, there's no reason at all to assume that the leftists can be compromised with, can be negotiated with, that we can meet them halfway. They have no intention of ever compromising their left-wing ideology. They will never compromise it. Our job as patriots is to stand strong with President Trump and all that he is trying to do in this country to save this country. One more topic, or two more topics say one I want to hit, and I just, this is actually a very kind of fun story. So I will tell you that um, this is, I call this a monopoly on relentlessness. This word relentlessness or relentlessness is the quality of being relentless is lives and moves on the American left. Every single item they push for, whether it's open borders, LGBTQ, uh, you know, rights for all, and forcing you people to use the proper pronouns, whatever the pronouns of the week that you're allowed to use are, and diminishing America's role in the world, and pushing for a massive climate agenda that surrenders America's comfort and, and our, our ability to live in the, the lives the way we do. All of that, the left never compromises one iota. Much of what the left does, in fact, if you listen to the show yesterday, I had these two young men on who are here from Venezuela, and they were talking about how socialism came to power in Venezuela and how it was sold by politicians using exactly the same arguments that today's Democrat Party uses. I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders and AOC who admit they're socialists. I'm talking about the average Democrat in this country. The average Democrat in this country is pushing agenda items that sound just like the, the socialists of Venezuela who came to power promising everything will be free and everything will be wonderful. You'll have utopia and you know how Venezuela is now. Well, one thing that the left is trying to resist, Nancy Pelosi has said, oh, we're, you know, we're not all socialists. Bernie's a socialist. 
AOC might be a socialist. You know, Rashida Tlaib, she's a socialist, but, you know, we're just the Democrats. And you have to understand that that's not true. The agenda of today's Democrat Party is the socialist agenda. It's just toned down. They are careful not to use that word, careful to try to distance themselves from that word. But when they run on taking money away from rich people because they shouldn't have so much, when the government should decide how much people should earn, these are Elizabeth Warren ideas, and take away if you earn more than this, the government should tax your net worth because the government should decide how much money anyone's allowed to have. They are socialists. So there was a game that Hasbro, the toy company, came up with, and it is this one. I don't know if you're going to read it, but I'll just show it to you. You can, because I just did this, you can purchase this at Amazon. I urge you to go to Amazon and order this. I got it in two days at my front door. It is called Monopoly Socialism. So Hasbro, the toy company, came up with a toy, a game, Monopoly Socialism. And on the subject of how relentless the American left is, almost immediately, some left-wing professor came up with the, um, just this um, determination, this outrage, how dare the Hasbro make fun of socialism? How dare Hasbro have a game? And you know, among the funny things in the game, because the point of it is, you play a normal monopoly, like we all probably played as kids, but all the rules are like socialist rules. So, for example, you know, when you go collect money in the bank, like, you know, you, you get to go around the board and you whatever, go home and collect 200 or whatever it is, well, there's no money there. So everybody playing the game has to put money in because there is no money there. And the game is set up so the bank continually runs out of money. And so everyone playing has to keep putting more money in because there is no money, which is part of the problem socialists endlessly encounter. You know, the famous Margaret Thatcher, you eventually run out of other people's money. The game was a spoof on socialism, but the left and their relentless mode were not, was not going to let this game sit. So they complained. They had this leftist professor put out a tweet, I'm outraged, this is terrible, they shouldn't be making fun of socialism, blah, blah, blah. So Target, that used to sell this game, the Target stores, pressured by leftists who were saying, hey, you shouldn't be making fun of socialism, that's really bad. You know, you're mocking uh, socialism, that's terrible. So Target, because they always capitulate to the leftists, pulled it off their shelves. Never mind, we're not going to sell it. Really sorry, we didn't mean to make fun of socialism. So Target pulled off their shelves. As I say, Amazon has it. And I don't know if Hasbro's website has. Someone had texted me to say that Hasbro's website the toy company pulled the game off. But I just want to point out, I think it's an amazing thing to think about. Leftists are so determined to normalize socialism in this country. To normalize the idea that really the government kind of owns everything. So the government certainly can decide to take away the net worth of someone who has too much money. Or they can raise taxes on rich people just because the government thinks they earn too much money. The idea of the left in this country is not just relentless in their overt, confrontational, right-in-your-face agitation about every left-wing issue there is. It is also the subtle, surreptitious determination to shift American society's thought about issues. So very recently, there was a poll of Americans talking about, you know, essentially, what um, should, the question was, should the rich pay higher taxes? 
Okay. So it's something like two-thirds of Americans said, yeah, the rich should pay higher taxes. Now, people, just stop and think about how crazy that is. How, you know, to start with, who already pays virtually all the taxes in this country are the high income earners. You know, they, oh, we've had these numbers on the show many times. It's already the rich who pretty much pay all the taxes. Number two, the assumption of the question is that the government somehow has the right to take money away from people because they really shouldn't have as much as they have. It is people sitting home in their couches someplace watching television going, yeah, yeah, they should pay more. No context, no how much, how do they, much do they already pay? What does the government spend it on? How much money does the government waste? What kinds of programs do we have in place? And how are those programs actually engendering the growth of socialism? None of that. But understand this push to have Americans lose sight of the virtues and values of freedom and free markets and free enterprise and the self-reliant can-do American spirit that caused us to be, brought us to where we are. This is every day, every day being chipped away at by the leftists so they can't even tolerate a game that involves socialism. And when I talk about the left being relentless, I don't just mean that they file lawsuits, which they do. They hassle bo corporate boards, which they do. They, we've had stories on the show about corporate boards forced into firing board members and individuals because they dared to make a contribution to a cause that the left doesn't like. Leftism is relentless, and the only remedy, the only basis, the only place for the only way that people who love and actually understand this country to fight back against this is to be on our side doubly relentless, doubly patriotic, doubly cheerfully patriotic. But we have to understand America for the last decades has been chipped away at and chipped away at and chipped away at by leftism by people denigrating the idea of America, the history of America, the truth of what America is, the greatness of America, at the same time tarnishing America with all sorts of accusations. You get young people leaving high school and they think the answer to the question of what kind of country America is, well, you know, it's got a really, really dark history of intolerance and it's kind of a fascist country and it's really, really a racist country. The left has been working away at young people, at children in schools, in high school, and in colleges, in academia, and in media, and in Hollywood, and in music, and in politics. The left has been chipping away at the love of America. The appreciation, not just for the country, but the greatness of our history, the extraordinary ideas upon which we were founded. And they do it not just in the bold, confrontational, file a lawsuit, make ugly accusations, hold marches, but in much more subtle ways. The, Amer the anti-American left undermines America day in and day out. The way to fight back is to be on the side of America and speak up and speak up and speak up and speak up. Do not let this happen. We have a huge, or to use President Trump's term, huge job ahead of us of restoring love of America so that the ideas that President Trump voices are 
what the average Joe says, well, of course that's true. Of course, America, of course we look out for our own people and our trade deals. Of course we try to foment and, and encourage love of America. Of course we try to bring jobs back. Of course we inspire people to be self-reliant. These are normal, healthy American ideas that have been maligned by the left for decades. And we are now at a huge turning point time in the 2020 elections. This is why the left is putting everything they have into impeaching President Trump, because they can see that President Trump has reignited in the American people the idea of love of this country, love of security in our borders, the American identity, the identity of freedom and strength and a strong military that stands up for what's right and a country that has bustling economy with freedom that provide naturally provides the opportunity for people to thrive and grow and have jobs and take care of their own families. It is a people being revived by these ideas and the left is trying to destroy them all. This is why they are so determined to bring down President Trump. One last extremely short segment is this, you know, Christmas is coming. Um, as you know, I want to be sure and tell you that um, this is the last show I'm going to do before Christmas. I'll do a show again. I'll be back Monday, December 30th, the Monday after Christmas. I will be here Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, starting the Monday after Christmas. And I'll be here, you know, long past the 2020 elections. I will do this show to speak up for America because we need people on our side of the aisle, people who love this country. It's no longer Democrat versus Republican or liberal versus conservative. It is, it is the anti-American left and the people who love America. Those are the people, the people who appreciate America. And I want to close out the show by talking about, you know, it's Christmas season. Uh, it's also Hanukkah season. So I want to say Merry Christmas to those who celebrate Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, which I believe starts December 20th. I hope you all enjoy your holidays. I want us all to think about America itself as a gift given to us by our founders from the very beginning of our country a gift of the creation of a country that really is rooted in and dedicated to preserving the right of the individual to live in freedom, that recognizes each of us had God, has God-given rights simply because we were born to live in freedom, to pursue life, liberty, and our version of happiness, to live with all the promises of the Bill of Rights, the idea that we have the right to freedom of religion and speech and assembly, all of the rights in the first 10 amendments. This is the promise of America. It's an extraordinary gift. A tiny percentage of all the people who've ever lived on this earth have had. We are the recipients of that gift, that creation of America. That is the gift we've been given by our founders. And in the way you must teach your children to be grateful for gifts, to appreciate what they receive, we have to appreciate the gift of America. Recognize how extraordinary it is, recognize how unique, and recognize it is, it is, it is massively under attack from the ideas of the anti-American left. The leftist ideas will destroy everything good about this country. And folks, if you love what I'm talking about and you're agreeing with me, I would love your help in trying to spread the message of this show. If you can make a donation, a one-time donation or a recurring donation to support the spreading of this message, it is a vital message in 2020. It's vital that more Americans 
Don't get caught up in the minutia of what Trump said versus Linsky said in some phone call, but recognize we're in a battle for the heart and soul of America in 2020. We're in a battle for the preservation of America in 2020. I would love your help in spreading the message of this show to more and more people. There's much more I could be doing marketing this show if I had more help from our listeners. They say, listener-supported show, I love your help. You can go to americacanwetalk.org on the very homepage, click on the donate button. You can choose one time or recurring. I love your help. This is just all of us pulling together in our mission to preserve this country. And now, my friends, I'm going to tell you why the stories we talked about today, I'm going to tell you again why the stories we talked about today matter to you. To start with, we had our first story about President Trump and uh, their after you meme. And we, I did real short uh, why it matters for this show. President Trump's post-impeachment meme is brilliantly simple and clear. Obama's unopposed fundamental transformation, Hillary's bogus exoneration, the CIA, FBI, and DOJ election interference for Hillary, and then attempted coup against Trump, these were the edicts of a ruling class that believes it is entitled to decide the future of America, irrespective of and in defiance of the American people. Donald Trump disrupts all of this. His mission to restore American strength and liberty threatens the anti-American left's mission to fundamentally transform America away from freedom and toward a government-controlled society and economy. The people chose Trump's mission. So yes, the ruling class is after you because you elected Trump. On the Monopoly and Socialism edition, uh, that game, you can still order it on, on um, I guess you can't order it at Hasbro, but you, you can order it on Amazon. A clever gift idea, but that's not why it's important. It symbolizes a relentless left and its determination to silence opposition. It reminds all of us that corporate leaders of America capitulate to pressure. So we need to bring pressure, the conservative side does on corporate leaders. Resolve to be an American patriot in 2020, cheerful and relentless, more relentless than the left, more brave and courageous than America's corporate leaders, genuinely cheerful because we are upholding the precious idea of liberty. We are preserving the greatest experiment in human liberty to ever bless this earth. America matters. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and victory in 2020. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I'll talk to you again Monday, December 30th. Have a beautiful, wonderful Christmas, beautiful, wonderful Hanukkah. I'll talk to you December 30th, and we're all going to get on board for victory in 2020. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk. It matters so much because America matters. I'll talk to you next time. Can you hear us now? America Can We Talk. Truth about America. Can you